Welcome back to another episode of the Hammering Away podcast. This is episode four. I'll be your host, Jack Coogan or Jack Zini on Twitter uh, at JVCKZINI. Today I'm only joined by none other than Mr. Joe himself because Ali and Alan couldn't make it. How are you doing today, Joe? Doing good. Hopefully I'll be able to make up for our absences. I know everybody tunes in to hear the great mind of Alan Rezepa. Oh, um, yeah, that's what everyone needs. Hopefully I'll be able to, to fill in on his humongous shoes. He was driving me absolutely crazy with the stuff about Bowen this week, the way that he talks about Bowen. like And for no reason, too. Like It's definitely been a fall-off this year, but why is he the one that he's signaling out? I have no idea. We, we don't got to trash talk him while he's not here. I'm not trash talking him. I'm talking about Bowen. I'm trying to restrain myself from trash talking Allen. But yeah, I mean, I think Bowen has just set himself such a high standard from last year that now that his numbers aren't there as much as they were, and guys who he was being compared to last year have so surpassed him, like Sokka, the... Yeah, I guess I guess the magnifying glass is on him this year. I, I think it's pretty unwarranted. He should have never been compared to Sokka in the first place. Like it was all fun and games. Like being like, oh, he's better than Sokka. But like I think deep down in all of our hearts, like it's pretty obvious that the eighteen year old kid who was putting up the same numbers on a much better team was gonna be better than him and was better than him. Yeah, it was so obvious watching him last year that he is about to go boom, as as they say. And yeah, and like he just boom. also brings more to a team, Saka, than Bowen. But like that doesn't make Bowen a bad player. I mean, he's, in my opinion, especially after the World Cup, he's been better than Ben Rama, who like I've praised, you've praised, plenty of people have praised. Like, I understand the standard has to be different for those two, but like I feel like just the genuine disdain that has surrounded the conversation with Bowen from some people has been exhausting. And it's really not some people anymore. It really is just Alan. Like I feel it, like yeah, I- it is just Alan. I didn't. I, we, I thought we weren't trash talking him, but yeah, it is just Alan, and it's ridiculous. It's exhausting, honestly. I agree. But that kind of brings me. I, well, we can talk about Fulham first, and then we'll get into Newcastle. I don't really want to talk about the Newcastle game that much, but uh, like yeah, like some people, and this is genuinely like half the fan base. Acting like, like, oh, like, we were so bad against Foam. Like, they dominated us, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, they attacked us relentlessly. They really didn't cause us any problems at all. Like, besides, like, the one, I don't know if you want to call it a save or a tackle that Fabianski made. Was it Pereira who was throwing goal? Yeah. yeah. Like, besides that, like, I was never nervous throughout the game. Not at all. I mean, the low block was executed perfectly. Like, I... There were some people in the space before the game, and they heard me question the Agbonazuma pairing. But once it became apparent that it was going to be a low block, I knew that Agbana and Zuma, they're just two rock-solid pillars in a, in a deep block uh, back four. And they showed exactly uh, their full talent. What was it, 21 clearances between the two 26. of them? 26. 26. This is otherworldly. And if you look at the aerial duel stats... Uh, I think all, out of all their attackers, they won exactly one aerial duel. Yeah. Carlos and, Vinicius went 0 for 6 in the air. We were just dominant. And that's where all their chances were coming from, from crosses. They were so easily dealt with. Um, outside of that one Pereira chance, they truly had nothing going on. 
especially yeah, I think, after the, the second half. I think that Tosin had another like half chance that went straight at Fabianski, but like really like I think they had point six eight xG the whole game, and they were all small xG chances. Like we could not have played a better defensive game, and like we were not great on the ball at all. I know Bono and Zuma had twenty six clearances; they had eleven passes between the two of them. Like, but really, whatever. Like. We are so desperate right now that if we're going to put in a performance like that where we at least defend really well and, like, with resiliency and it gets us three points, I have zero complaints. Obviously, we need to be better on the ball in future games, but, like, Fulham were terrible. Oh, they had 76% of the ball. We let them have 76% of the ball. Mm-hmm. And to your to your point, we, we, we take the points and we especially take them away from home because if you look at our, our away record this season, we haven't – we haven't won a game away since that fluke goal that Fornells had at, at Villa Park. Which, yeah, I mean, those two away performances have been so disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give a special mention to Vladimir Sufal because I thought he was spectacular on Saturday. I really like thought that was his best game for us for a while. I know he's been getting, I don't want to say back to his best, but he's been on an upturn of form when he's been playing recently before his injury. And I thought that he was great. I thought he was really, really good. If it wasn't for Zuma, he probably would have been my man of the match. I I agree. I think that he, we had a bit of a logjam going into the season of who the right back was going to be, especially once Carrera got some uh, a run of games. But um, emerging from that from the ashes is absolutely Vladimir Kufal. I think it's uh, no debate at this point who should be the starting right back. He's been so good. Fulham was a great example of that. He's so clean and like he, he makes tackles. They're always clean. He rarely fouls. And he, he probably is the best going forward as well. Oh, a- absolutely the best going forward. And rising from the ashes is the perfect way to put it because our right back situation is in flames. Absolutely. <laughs> like dying. we need to sign a right back this summer. I like Kufal. I don't even know if he'll be around next season. Maybe he will be like at this point. It's really hard to tell, especially if he's one of the guys who gives us a lot to keep us up. Because I, would, I think I would say if Moyes is back, Kufal is back, and if he's not, which is what it's looking like, then it depends you know, on who we don't manager. we don't know who's going to be back with a new manager. That's true. Yeah, there's only so many that I would really bet on coming back with a new manager. I'm sure a new manager would want to keep a hold of the more expensive signings, like pick up the Skamaka and oh, obviously a Garrett. Um just because they're very clearly talented players. I don't think there's any question about that. Anybody who questions their actual talent or quality as a footballer, I think is either very emotional or very silly. Um, And then like, besides that, even with Zuma, I think most managers would want to keep Zuma around, but like some people might look at that injury record and think, why not? But I don't know. Our center back situation is also not good enough to really think, Oh, well we can get rid of this guy because he doesn't play every game i think uh, i think a new manager or even Moyes will look at him and say he's an extremely talented player that we should retain but also get a quality third backup third center back in just to make sure that we can feel the a competent back four at all times someone like harry Maguire would be perfect for this squad i i agree we'll see what the price and availability is but i would definitely take a look at him what did you think of um, some of the guys who came into the team this weekend? Cresswell, Fornals, 
Ings, Antonio, the two strikers, because um, they've really not had consistent runs of games. Well, I guess as as Pablito uh, has said on his Instagram, the old guard got it done, right? Uh, I, th- I think for now's, uh, I, I saw a little divide on his on his performance. I personally thought he was great. He was let down, I would say, by the strike play, which we'll get to. Um, but he was playing the right passes. Uh, he was he was tracking back really well. I think he ended with four tackles on the game. Um, and he was just lively. He was adding a different element uh, to to the team, which is actually dropping in, getting the ball, turning into the middle, and, and making those those passes out to Bowen or into the, into the feet of the striker, which we don't really get from Ben Rama. Obviously, Ben Rama offers different, but I thought what Fornells uh, provided was really valuable. Yeah, I agree on Fornells' performance. I was impressed with him. It wasn't anything really special or spectacular or anything like that, but I thought that he gave us exactly what we needed. He gave us some balance in that four four two. Um, helped out in the midfield. Was played with energy like he always does, and you know he gave us a solid sixty minutes. And I thought that Saeed, when he came on, was also great. Like I thought Ben Rama was probably looked like our most dangerous player against Fulham, just taking his thirty minutes into account. Right. I mean, he had he had that long uh, he had that long shot that just missed uh, the right post. I thought that was cold. Me too. Like when he gets in those areas and he has the head of steam, usually they're on target. Uh, that was it was pretty surprising that that wasn't. But then he also had that uh, really nice cutback to Bowen, which he made a, a questionable decision. To be fair, yeah, he, need, he needs to take a touch. He has to take a touch there. Mm-hmm. But I guess like when confidence isn't sky high, like you're kind of snatching at chances and stuff, which is okay to snatch at chances. But it's also been a, a team problem. I think it, it's not just with him. I think most of the team could use with better decision-making in and around the box. Um, oh, absolutely. That definitely, that definitely has to do with us pressing and being desperate for uh, any any type of success. I think Corne's chance at the end is a perfect example of that because he's clearly so desperate to get his first goal for us between ha- being robbed of one at Chelsea and like missing a few chances early on to you know – now he's had to sit out five months and like he's just so desperate to get a chance and prove himself. Like you gotta feel for him because obviously he should square it to Ben Rama. Any player should square it in that situation. But when you're so anxious to finally get on the score sheet, I can kinda excuse that decision, especially like when it doesn't cost you in the end, because that's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to, isn't it? Whether the decision costs you three points or not. But I'm excited to see him. He should start against Ghent on Thursday. I, I 100% agree, and I think he should also start in the league. Um, if we're going to go to um, to up top, I would replace Ings with with, uh, with Absolutely, Cornet. yeah. I mean, Ings might be out. <laughs> the fingers we crossed. We don't got to verbalize that, but you know, it would, be, it would be nice if we had a little uh, extended absence for Mr. Daniel Ings. Yeah, Um but then the Newcastle game, it was very, it was a very weird week because we said last week six points is a dream from this week. And we got six points, which is, you know, I think making everyone feel a little bit more comfortable about staying safe. But to sandwich that Newcastle game in with these other two, which really weren't great performances, they were Brazilian performances that got the job done. But man, I like that new cat. That was the worst I've seen us play in three, four, five years. 
Yeah, uh, that was extremely tough to watch. Anyone who stayed around for the 90 minutes probably deserved some sort of financial compensation from the team. Uh, it was the effort was low. Um, people's heads weren't in it after the after they scored early in the second half. We kind of threw in the white flag. Um, we made like four changes and and really nothing nothing to nothing helped after that. Uh, that they didn't bring, they didn't add anything to the game. Um, he, um, what's annoying about that game is that when we went two down, it felt like somewhat undeserved, and we got the goal before halftime, and we really like looked like we were up for it and that we were gonna like make a fight of it. And for Garrett to make that mistake, I think he was rightfully dropped. I mean, I said that to you before the game on on Saturday, and you were not happy with me. But he was right. I mean, he should probably be back in for Arsenal because Ogbonna is going to have trouble dealing with those players. But I don't think there's any reason for him to start against Fulham after making a mistake like that. That basically cost us any chance that we had of getting back into that game. Um, obviously, the head shouldn't drop the way they do at 3-1, but when you're in the position that we're in, and again, it's much easier to say this after we come back out and get a win in the next game. But like, it's understandable why heads drop and you know you just think everything's going against you. And you know how high I am on Aguirre. He's a spectacular center back. It's only going to get better the longer he's in this league, but it's pretty inexcusable. Not to excuse him, which I'm not, but I just see that error as more of a, a structural issue. Because if you look at the replay, he didn't really have many options in front of him. He had he had Emerson, but Emerson has to do a better job of presenting himself. Rice was like running, like doing his best to like work back in to like create a passing angle for Aguirre because there was none. And by the time Rice was able to get in his vicinity, he, the ball was already turned over. Yeah, Obviously, to some had, extent, yeah, like it is a structural issue, like from goal kicks, like we launch it so much whenever we go short, like especially you always see Rice slowly sprinting back, trying to create an option for somebody. But at the position we're in, like just hoof it up the field. Like there's just no reason to put your foot on top of the ball and try to figure it out. Um, having said that, like I think that with ball playing defenders and goalkeepers like Ederson, I said this on the space after the game, like this is – the chance that you take with players like that, they're going to make a few mistakes here and there, but in the position that we're in, it's much harder to excuse that. Mm -hmm. Um, But like you've seen city give the ball away and let like chances happen just from their own doing. I mean, Ederson's done it a million times, like Allison. I mean, these are goalkeepers, but like just players like that, that play with that ability to play out of the back. Like when you take so many risks, you're bound to make mistakes. But I think, that one is not acceptable just because the way how easily he gets picked. It's bad, but we should have a clue of what we're doing playing out the back from a goal kick. I think it's just simple as that. Like I think Moyes shares the blame uh, for that goal with Aguirre. And I, not to, I, I would like to say again, I'm not excusing Aguirre, but we have to have like some sort of plan for, for something as yeah, simple as Yeah, I mean, that. but that's a bigger issue. Um, speaking on Moyes, though, Obviously, it's probably go in the summer unless something spectacular happens between now and the end of the season. Um, but I thought that he got it so spot on against Fulham. Like, I 
that's probably his best tactical performance of the season. And the substitutes too. I mean, he was getting a hard time from the fans for God knows what reason. It was the right sub. I think it was easy to see that it was the right sub at the time. Ings was struggling and not really playing well. And that game needed another midfielder. And then bringing Ben Rama on for for Fornals at that point just makes sense. Fornals hasn't played, hasn't started a game in God knows how long again. To ask him to go longer than 70, 75 minutes is a lot. So to take him out around the 60-minute mark is completely understandable. I've been thinking about it, and the only thing I could possibly conjure up was that maybe they wanted Suchek to get subbed at that point. Yeah, I mean, I did too. Like, fine. But if you were to leave Suchek in a game, it's It's that that game. It's absolutely that game. Because we're defending so deep. And it was a nonstop aerial onslaught from Fulham. And at least he was winning his aerial duels. Like, he's not always doing that anymore. Exactly. Like, he was doing it. He was helping us out. Let's see it out for the one time he has helped us out all season. Yeah. Which most uh, did. It worked out. So. Don't forget that goal against Spurs at home, man. It's a big point. I, I actually, a huge point. I, I'm actually actively trying to forget any positive Suchek uh, contributions this season, so I will not be doing that. You don't have to try too hard, <laughs> thankfully for you. Um, I just – it's such a weird week of games because we got more points than we probably thought we would or could have hoped for. We're looking a lot better in terms of safety – but I feel like after the last two performances, things are even more negative than they were a week ago. Um, I personally don't buy into that nonsense. I think that the Fulham game, while we didn't play that great on the ball, I think that we showed a lot of things that we haven't shown all season and really shut them out and gave them no chance. And I guess I don't know what I'm saying, but like, do like, are you that concerned or are you more comfortable? Well, the most important thing is that the players came away from Fulham really proud of what they did. And I agree. I agree that's the most important thing, too, because confidence is everything. If they can bring that into Thursday, I mean, it certainly would have been worse if we tried to go at them and we lost, you know? Yeah. The The performances, although they were unconvincing, the points are the points. We are not worried about relegation going into Ghent. As, as much as we maybe would have uh, if we didn't get those points. Um, and that, that's the most important thing is to have the right headspace for Thursday. Uh, tactics can be changed. We, we know we can be better on the ball than we were on Thursday. We were missing uh, on, on, on Sunday, excuse me. We know we were missing two of our most talented players on the ball. Edward and Paqueta. Um, so those those two will help us to actually like have a foot on the ball, which we will need uh, against Ghent, which we will we'll probably have um, a majority of the possession in that game, considering uh, you know the talent golf. Um, so how I, do you I, think I, he's going to line up against Ghent? Hmm. They because do... I was going to say personally, I think the midfield has to be Rice, Paquetta, and Lanzini. See, he in interviews he's actually uh, hinted at the fact that he's going to stick with the the conference league lineups that he's been putting out. Um, I don't know if that's still going to be the case, considering we have a little breathing room in the league. 
Um, but I wouldn't be mad at um, playing Lanzini. I think Lanzini deserves to continue playing in the Conference League. He seems to only be interested in using him in Europe. Which I think that's totally fine. I think it, those those competitions, that's, that's our, arguably our most important competition. Yeah, and I think that Lanzini suits those European competitions more. I think it's just a little ridiculous that he doesn't get a look in in the league. I'm not going to complain too much about Fulham because, like I said, like it's a performance to be proud of no matter how bad we were in the ball. But I think while I was proven wrong because Suchek staying on ultimately helped us see that game out, or even like – I didn't even necessarily want Suchet to come on at the t- come off at the time. I wanted Lanzini to come on instead of Downs. I mean, Downs I thought was spectacular when he came on, so I have no complaints, obviously. But I just, it just seems like we could utilize his skill more. Absolutely, I, I think I think Downs and Lanzini in those substitute appearances offer pretty similar attributes. The fact that they're so sure in the short passing and. Uh, reta- recycling, retaining possession. Um, when we're when we're Lanzini's up. much better at it than Downs is, though. Surely, but you're also getting like the pressing that down, uh, like the pressing and the physicality that Downs brings. So I guess it's a point of preference. I, you know, I I still think Lanzini has a, a place in the Premier League, but oh, absolutely, I don't think that's a question. I I, I think it would be an understatement to say that Moyes pushed the right buttons on on on, on Sunday. I think that Lanzini is a guy who a new manager, depending on who it is, could come in and say, like, hey, I want to give you a new contract. I actually plan on using you. Mm-hmm. No, I um, agree. Somebody like Carrick, I think Lanzini suits that 10 role um, in Carrick's system extremely well, as does Paqueta. But it just oh, – I want Michael Carrick so bad. <laughs> Like I cannot stop thinking about this guy. I cannot stop thinking about him. That that might be a record. Twenty one minutes into the podcast, where you're on your hands and knees begging for Michael Carrick. Usually, dude, it's like only that. it's. I'm gonna start starting podcasts. Just like welcome back, Michael Carrick. Where are we, you? We might have to change the name to "Please Save Us, Michael Carrick," a West Ham podcast. I mean, it, whatever it's gonna take to get him through that door, because Michael Carrick, man. He's gonna bring positive football. That's one. He like we're gonna be able to move and pass the ball. It'll like ugh, I'm gonna just say the word positive like sixty times. But like also, I mean, he's a West Ham kid. He came through the academy. He knows what it means. We have the kids right now. He could bring through the kids right now. How special would that be? A West Ham academy product selling a Chelsea academy product, pretending to be one of our own in Declan Rice. A wolf in sheep's clothing, if you will. That that bastard. No, but like, I mean, how special would Michael Carrick bring through some of these 18s be? And like, how good did they look against Southampton? I mean, six one, like, it's a dominant performance. And Southampton, I would like, I would like it to be known. I'll double check myself to make sure I'm right, but if I'm not mistaken, Southampton are second in the division that we're currently top of. I am not sure what they're. I'm checking right now. They are. I lied. They're ninth. They're They're terrible, actually. (laughs) They're horrendous. I think you know what they. I think that their twenty ones might be good. I think what they were saying on the broadcast is that a lot of their 
U18s players, 21s. I mean, as do ours, Mubama's only made five or six league appearances for our 18s this year, and he scored like five or six goals. We are just loaded right now at this age group. There are a lot of them, including Mubama, are going to be knocking on the door next year. And I hope that, be it Carrick or or anyone else, comes in and recognizes that and actually starts to bleed these guys in with the first team. I think that that's something that we should be looking for in a new manager, just generally, but on top of having talent like this in our ranks, because like, you know, everybody always likes to be like, Oh, well, like we want to see the youth players or like we have these good youth players. Like this youth team, not only like, do we all think they're good, but they've done things to prove their talent. And they've done things that those before them who have actually been good have done. Like, obviously I wrote that article for the Mm -hmm. website. I'll, plug it on the pod just never stop talking about this under 18s article um but like you know these guys who have gone to the final in the fa youth cup before them like between like buke osaka alejandro garnacho uh chuck wameka and then like if you go back farther you get into those chelsea teams who had reese james gay all these guys connor gallagher um they're established premier league players and some of them are very good, and some of them are English internationals. So, like, I'm not saying that this team is those Chelsea teams from five years ago who has, like, three world-class players in there or anything, but there's two, three, four, five guys with a Premier League career in there. At the very least. And we just need players? the right manager to come in, and we just need somebody who's willing to give youth the chance. And I'm not saying give youth the chance over winning – Obviously mm-hmm. not, but if you're good enough, you're old enough. And Maybe. like, there are different places where, especially Mubama, can actually have a chance to make a difference in this team. Like Antonio can go in the summer. The two strikers can be Ings and Skamaka, because Ings is going to be around. Because who's going to take those wages if we try to sell them? Um, why can't Mubama be the third one? And like we've seen, you know, Skamaka struggle with injury this season, which I'm hoping a full preseason in the year in England we'll see less of next year. But like Ings, like he's always tweaking something. Like he's again tweaked his knee against Fulham on Saturday. Why can't Mubamba be next guy up, especially if we're in Europe? Not only is Ings always tweaking something, he's also always bad. Um, I hope that uh, <laughs> going on to uh, the coach, the coaching uh, conversation, I really do hope Mark Noble is a voice in that room when we're actually deciding who the manager is going to be. Because uh, I know that he will advocate for the youth. Uh, Give it Nobs end of the season. That's what I say. <laughs> Sound like a six-year-old like season ticket holder. Give it to Nobs. I know it could. If I, dude, <laughs> if we had lost to Fulham, I would have been down with that after newcastle i was like give it give it noble into the season <laughs> but the point that i'm trying to make is that who's the who's the greatest uh you know voice for the academy in the in the organization and it's it is mark, mark noble. noble so hopefully with his status he can actually um he can you know influence uh the manager to actually start bleeding in these guys because they they're clearly like you can't do you can't do more much more at the level that they're at than what they're doing right now. I mean, you can't you do, do any so, more if they win again at the Emirates. Not. They're they're about to wrap wrap up the league, I believe. Um, they need like one more point, yeah, uh, to wrap it up. Um, and, and they blew it against Brighton. 
No, yeah, they they, they were they, three one, right? Or no, they were up two 0 and then they were up three two with like in the ninetieth minute, and then they lost for three four three, right? Yeah, four three. It's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, um, they they're already sell them, primed. sell them. I, they're never gonna make it. Not at this no, level. The opposite. They're already primed in the West Ham. Right? Yeah, no, they they have the blood. Um, but what I was saying is, you do you say that. You know, two or three people are are usually um, U eighteen FA Cup winners. Um, typically, produce two or three. It's kind of hard to think at this point who that two or three is going to be. They all looked levels above Southampton. I thought that the announcer made a good point um, when I was watching the game, which is not very often. But he said, uh, "Sometimes it's not the ones that you expect who make it." Like mm-hmm. I think. Mubama, obviously, we expect, and I think he'll make it. But there are other guys like Callum Marshall is like very highly touted, and I like Callum Marshall, but like maybe he doesn't have the athleticism to make it. Maybe he's not dynamic enough. And then I feel like George Earthy like really doesn't get talked about in the same light that some of these other guys do. But his close control is great. The way he runs with the ball, he already looks like you know like a first team player. The way he runs with the ball, he's got that thing on a string. I thought that he was so, so, so good against Southampton's U18s. Just the way he was able to manipulate space to get himself out of trouble, make the right pass. I think that those, especially as a 10, those, because that's what he, he's more of like an attack, like a central player, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like those qualities don't stand out as much as the goals, but they're what you need at this level. And uh, Kalen Casey is another one who I know Kevin Keane has talked very highly of. And he almost, Kevin Keane almost sounds like he thinks that Kalen Casey is going to be one of the ones who make it. I I wouldn't be surprised. I think that Casey and uh, Reagan Clayton playing out of position, by the way. Clayton, yeah. Clayton. Extremely professional performance at the back. And we haven't it, even it, mentioned Scarls. Like, there's a lot of talent in there. How about how about uh, a person that fits that description perfectly? Gideon uh, Kodu, the captain. Um, he was, you know, mentioned that he he wasn't always like the the most athletic in his group or the most talented. He wasn't the one that always stood out. But here he is. He's captaining the U eighteen. He clearly has leadership qualities, and he was absolutely amazing in that yeah. game. I never talk about Kodu. Like he's one of the ones who, like, I think isn't going to end up making it, but maybe he does because. It's not always the ones that you expect. What do you have? Two two assists and a goal. Yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, uh, remember when I was editing editing your article and I I told you to put him in somewhere because uh, he he is really a talent. And it's hard um, not to mention the captain. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of names down there that are very interesting, um, and I think that every single one of them put on a performance to talk about in that game against Southampton. I mean, we could go through each player and talk about them. Uh, what's the right back's name? Because honestly, uh, Ryan unbelievable. Game. Never talked about him. Never, like never really had a thought about him. He was great. He scored the winner against Ipswich in the quarterfinals. It's well. a player, man. He's really good. He's only 17 too. And then it, this all goes out saying Daniel Rigg. I don't know if he's 17 yet. We signed him from Manchester city's Academy last summer. Nine other Premier League clubs were after him. He chose us. He doesn't even get into the team yet. He's one of the younger ones, um, and he's played a big part for them in the league. But like, so like, even the talent that's 
younger and just coming into this under 18 squad also seems to have a lot of players. So like, who knows how many we can really produce with the squad. He's also excellent in, in that game as a sub and created the last goal. Yeah. Which I didn't. Yeah. But that's the thing is now where these players are at, you need a first team manager who's going to understand how to bleed them in and how to actually get the best out of them and when the right time to let them play is and like when the right time to choose experiences. And it's difficult because obviously, you know, we've mentioned six, seven, eight, nine names. In five years, not all nine of them are going to be in this West Ham squad. That's just the reality of how this works. Um, So, you know, it's a difficult thing to balance and you have to make sure you get it right. And I think that bringing in a manager who is has experience of bringing in younger players. I mean, Carrick, I honestly have no idea if he's bled anybody in at Middlesbrough. He's been a manager for like a year. But I would assume that a West Ham Academy kid would be eager to use West Ham Academy kids. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Uh, Another thing about it is the rich get richer when it comes to this stuff. It's hard. It's very hard to bleed in young talent when you're struggling and you need to Mm -hmm. stay in the Premier League. But on the other hand, if we start the next season well, we win by two or three goals in some games that can come on. Uh, if we have extra Europa League games, um, depending on how we do in the Conference League, those are opportunities. So we the first step is for the senior team to do well, and then that creates these opportunities Absolutely. for the kids. Another thing I would say, if we are safe on the final day against Leicester mathematically, I think that Mubama should start that game. And I honestly am not willing to hear any argument about why he shouldn't. I honestly agree. I haven't thought of that previously, but I think that's a great idea. I saw somebody respond to our tweet that we tweeted uh, from Roshane Thomas's athletic article, the quote about Mubama just being such a hard worker. He's started games in the Europa League or Conference League. He scored goals in the Conference League. He came on against Derby. He came on against Arsenal in the Premier League. He's got, what, four uh, first-team appearances under his belt now. He's got a goal. He thinks he has two goals because he's not willing <laughs> to give UEFA that own goal, and I'm I'm with him on that, even Thank if you. that header had no chance of going anywhere near the net uh, <laughs> without that deflection. But... Like, what is the reasoning for not starting him on the final day? Oh, you want to keep guys happy? Well, Antonio was already looking to leave in January. Ings, for all we know, might not be fit or might not have put in a performance besides Forrest that warrants a start. And Skamaka, you know, like, yeah, like you want to give him a start. But, like, at that point, it's a lost season for him from a fitness standpoint, from everything. Or play them together. I was just about to say that. Like, play them together. And you know what? Daniel Ings better be happy with that 150k salary. Yeah, yeah, he can he can sit on the bench and watch Mubamba play and make 150 thousand while he does mm-hmm. it, and he can cry if he wants to. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the other and like you know maybe get a few of these kids on the bench. Like I know that you know you have to have space for the guys in the first team, especially as players get more fit. But like if Lanzini is like looking like he's gonna go, like. Why not have Earthy on the bench instead? Like, obviously, there's a lot of work to be done for us to be mathematically safe on the final day. But if we are, 
and we have all all of this talent. At the very least, Mubama should be playing in that game mm-hmm. or starting, in my opinion. Because if you're mathematically safe, like you have nothing to lose, it's a perfect opportunity to you know let him get his feet wet. And if you and really he- think he's as good as everyone in the club seems to think he is, I mean, Moyes has said before that he loves him and he loves his work ethic. I mean, Kevin Keane can't talk highly enough of him. He scored 28 goals and 29 appearances for the youth. He scored a senior goal already. If you really think that highly of this 18-year-old kid, let him get his feet wet if you have an opportunity to. And what better for a, a kid, 18 years old, brimming with confidence, having this season of his life, winning, I mean, we'll see what happens in the final, but potentially winning the Premier League's uh, U18 South and winning the uh, FA Youth Cup. What and better way to making his off that year with a Premier League debut? I think Absolutely. That is- like a full Premier League debut for a guy who's, I mean, really has carried you mm-hmm. when it comes to the under 18s, just in terms of goal scoring. I know they have plenty of great players, but like he's the leader in terms yeah. of as a talent. quite the eventful weekend and even midweek um i mean wolves beat chelsea uh bournemouth i mean leicester look like they're in huge trouble palace won mm-hmm. 5-1 today yep i mean what result has caught your eye the most it's hard not to start with that 5-1 right i yeah. guess um between palace and leeds Leeds came out of the game for first 20, 20-25 minutes. They were lighting the world on fire, honestly. Um, chance after chance. Um, just Palace couldn't get a foot in the ball. And then, you know, Palace got one, I think, with uh, 40 minutes left. Uh, after 40 it minutes. It was an added time in the first half, I'm pretty sure. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Um, it was gay just from like a free goal. kick. Yeah, it was a set-piece goal. And then after that, the second half, Leeds, it, it kind of reversed. Leeds should have done a better job in the first half um, converting some of those chances they had. And then, because they, they really did pay for it in the second half. I mean, Ezzy was amazing. Elise was amazing. IU had a brace. Like, come on. Yeah, I Jordan IU with the brace. Get the hell out of here. I thought uh, Abrici, Ezzy, and um, Elise were spectacular today. I was, Ezzy had one run. Um, they were already a 5-1. They were pushing for a sixth. And he had three players around him, close control, and, like, poked it through all three of them. They, like, ran into each other. Like, it was, like, a movie scene when, like, they're, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, in those, like, movies when they're, like, showing how amazing somebody is. And, like, for some reason, somebody, like, crosses somebody over, like, in, in like, soccer movies. They, like, get out of it. And, like, players are running into each other. You're, like, that would never yeah. happen. But, I mean, as he did it, and I was thinking, man, like, that's the guy that Moyes wanted mm-hmm. over Ben Rama. And what would he look like with him? We don't. I mean, it's a long time away, and Ben Rama's been a fine signing. But, man, for half the price, too, would they spend 15 rising to 20 on him? Something like that, yeah. And honestly, it's, certainly, it's, it's really not talked about enough that this guy had Achilles surgery like two years ago. That's what's insane, and he's moving so well again. I thought he was done after the Achilles surgery, and obviously like he's had a fall-off. You know, like, he's not – I mean, he's getting back to what he was. But, like, right before he heard his Achilles, that's, he was unbelievable. 
And I'm really happy that he's looking back at it because I, I love Ebrichi Isaiah. I love him at QPR. I would have loved if we signed him. We didn't. Whatever. Um, but he's a really, really good player. He was getting – people wanted him to get called up to the England team before he got hurt. Yeah, I mean, I think that that should probably sail. They, they're just they're just too good at every position. Oh yeah, season. yeah. But squad is what, you got to wonder like what could have been with Eze because obviously he's amazing right now. But I mean, I like he is a human being after all. He's just a ta- such a talented player. Yeah, I mean he 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 was destined for the top of the top before that surgery. And Elise is coming up big for my fantasy team with three assists in that game. <laughs> yeah, I mean he he's between him on between Eze on the left and Elise on the right. They they really do have something for this post Zaha era if they do stay up. Yeah, I mean they're winning games right now without Zaha, which would have been unheard of two years ago. Mm-hmm. So you know they, I mean they, I think they had the oldest squad in the Premier League uh, at the end of Roy Hodgson's first stint. And they've gotten younger. Uh, I was never high on the Vieira hire. I thought he had proven me wrong after last year, but then it all capitulated this year. Uh, I like Patrick Vieira as a person and as a guy. And, you know, I think that he does some things well as a manager. I'm higher on him now than I was when he was hired to Palace because he had some bad stints in France before. Um, But it was time to go. And it's funny, Roy Hodgson has some... uh, Shades of David Moyes, second stint at West Ham. I'm not going to say that they're going to go to a Europa League semifinal in two years, but people laughed. I laughed. I laughed hysterically when they brought him back. And it's still funny, but they've won more games in the last week than they did in post-World Cup period. Yeah, I mean, they only won one game before. No, they actually... I don't even think they ended up winning a game uh, under Vieira after the new year. They they, they hadn't won for a while. Because that Leicester win was the first time they won since the new year, and I don't <laughs> think that was under Vieira. Right? That was Hodgson's first game. Yeah, yeah, right? Leicester was Hodgson's first game. Yeah, so that, that was their first win. And now that's, they have – That's crazy. Is it two in a row now? Yeah, I think – Um, Did they play midweek? Uh, let me check. They did not play midweek. So this is so two in a row. row after not winning since January. Speaking of clubs that didn't play midweek, Arsenal throwing a little uh, wrench into this title race by dropping points today at Liverpool, which they really didn't have to drop. And they got lucky that Salah missed that penalty too. And, up 2-0, I know it's Anfield, whatever they played at Anfield today, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I understand it's Anfield, but come on. Like, can't be up 2-0 in a title race, especially when, like, you're trying to stay ahead of City. Every point is so important. And I still think that they're going to win the league, but that game against City is only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yep. You, you really have to be perfect. If we've learned anything from the last, like, seven years of city's dominance is that if you're not perfect, you're not winning the league. Um, yeah. This is a moment of imperfection for Arsenal. They have an opportunity to correct it by beating city. Uh, the league is really going to be decided on that day. Even just getting a point. If they get a point in that game, I think they'll be all right. They just need to, unless, get out of unless we take it to them next weekend, which I fully expect us to do. We will take it to them. 
Um, yeah, I, I think this was a, an opportunity missed, especially when you're going up to nothing. Um, City beat them the week before. So, yeah, this is definitely points missed. Um, City have looked unbeatable since uh, the international break. I don't they're doing that thing that they do at the end of seasons, aren't they? Yeah. Where it's just, just hopeless. They're on a, a bully in a bully mode right now, and I'm very Pre- terrified to play them. The pressure is on for uh, the Classinal. Um, mm-hmm. uh, when do they play? They play, uh, is it two weeks? It's the end April of April. 26th. <sighs> That's, it's going to be some game. Um, hey, I mean, if City beat them, it'll be up to us to put a stop to this Erling Holland nonsense. Mm-hmm. Which we will. Oh, absolutely. I, we're going to beat both of them. Mm-hmm. But it's a perfect way to put it, not to make the punter overuse the word perfect, but you have to be perfect to be better in City. Because Liverpool, 97 points in eighteen nineteen, But John Stones cleared that goal off the line in January or whenever. Yeah, they played in January that year. They lost 2-1. They weren't perfect. They would have been – they would have went 10 points clear if they won that day. They would have stayed – was it seven or eight points clear if they had drawn that day? But they lost, and they were only five points. And, you know, what, they dropped six points, eight points for the rest of the season, and City won the they? league. I mean, yeah. And City picked up 198 points – in 76 matches over the course of 2017 to 2019. Like, you know how absurd that is? Like, it's one thing to be Centurions and, like, have this freak unbelievable season. To come back and do the same exact thing the next year and to beat the team that bounced you from the Champions League in pretty embarrassing fashion the year before. Like, yeah, they're a machine. This is truly one of, one of the greatest dynasties we've ever seen in sports. Honestly, I've I've never seen a team as dominant as City in the league. Um, this also might be the year they do in the Champions League. So, I hope not. Another... We'll see, man. They 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 didn't they never had a Holland. Now they do. Yeah, they do have a Holland, but you know, no one wants to see that. We've talked Champions League. I'd need. Napoli to do it. I just think mm-hmm. it'd be so great to see Victor Oshiman lift that trophy. I mean, you know how I've been an Oshiman guy since he was at Lille. I yeah. love Victor Oshiman. Very happy to see him, you know, staying mostly fit and like having this kind of season. Um, yeah, I mean, fitness has been an issue for him, but I mean, he's lighting the world on fire. Him and Kibicha are, are the, the talk of world football right now from Italy, which is saying something. Yeah, um, and I mean, Kibicha's great. I don't care for him. I mean, like, just in, like, the way that I care for Oshiman. Like, or yeah. it, it, I always say Oshiman, but it's uh, Osimhen, right? Is how you mm-hmm. say his name. I always say Oshiman because when I was, like, 16, calling him Ocean Man and singing that song. <laughs> but <laughs> um, no, he's spectacular. Um, and then this top four race is heating up. Newcastle really might do it. I pray they don't sick and tired of their WWE I, run. I, I cannot physically pay attention to this top four race. It gets me sick to my stomach. Quite I badly. agree. I actually like was hoping you would have something to say because I hate it. Like, it's, it's so every sickening. Time, every time I look to that four to seven range in the in the table, I'm like, man, like if we were good this season, that could be us. Like Chelsea fell off. Liverpool fell off. Like the 
the opportunity was there. The opportunity for us was to there. Up. The opportunity was absolutely there. I don't think that Newcastle are more talented than us. We we gave them five goals on the weekend or in the midweek. I mean, there aren't many teams that are more talented than us, especially outside of the big six. I mean, it's like maybe a hot take, but like I don't think it is. The squad has been horribly mismanaged. You know, certain things have just gone wrong here and there. But, I think the team would agree with you. Oh, the team would absolutely agree with me. You know who would agree with me? The Declan freak Rice. himself, Declan Rice, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he, I, he definitely thought that we were going to finish in the top four this year. <laughs> or else he would have been gone. Yeah. He was like, oh, man, Lucas Paqueta. Paqueta came in. He's like, yay. You know, I'm a chill. <laughs> mm. But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Signing players that PSG wanted eight months later. Man, I hope we're in the league next year. <laughs> Throw back to January. Man, I hope Danny, Danny Ings decides to join us. <laughs> January, man. <laughs> man, we need to get Ings in here before the Everton game. <laughs> oh, man. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Yeah, and the mighty have fallen. Chelsea are 11th now. They lost again to Wolves. It's... It's embarrassing. I mean, hiring Frank Lampard back, I understand it from the PR point of view. You have nothing to gain from this season. It's embarrassing. Yeah, they're in the Champions League. Yeah, man, they're going to win the Champions League. Get the hell out of here. They have no reason to think that they can't win the Champions League. Yes, they do. And what is that? They're, they're playing they're... Real Madrid, dude. They they have – I mean, the talent is on is, – is in the locker room. I, I disagree. I disagree. To such an unbelievable extent, I don't think the talent's in that locker room. And while some of the squad is very talented, other players are washed or just straight up not good enough. And on top of that, it is the most unbalanced squad in the Premier League, maybe in Europe. And it's been this unbalanced for 18 months, two years. And they just haven't addressed it. How do you spend 600 million pounds and you don't buy an anchor in your midfield, you don't buy a striker, period, who can really like actually make a difference for you. I do like um, Fofana, the striker. I think he's actually going to be a decent player. I like his play style. He does have a way to go, though. But, you know, he's a project, even though he's shown some flashes. But, like, to spend that amount of money and not buy, like, probably the two most important positions – in football is crazy. It's unacceptable, honestly. Like, I I mean, there are people who still trust in this bully vision, and, you know, if you throw enough money at it and get the right manager, then, yeah, maybe it'll work eventually to some extent. But they're in more trouble than I think they realize they're in. I would not be surprised if the next manager who comes in wants to take a punt with Robert Lukaku. I mean, it depends on the manager, but, like, yeah. Because at some point you just need a striker. Just ha- just to have is an option. Like I'm not going to say he's going to start every game next year, but they are lacking that for that center forward presence, and I don't think Havertz provides it. Absolutely um, not. He's not, he's another one. He's just really not good enough to be like playing for Chelsea every week. Maybe as a squad mm-hmm. option, you spend seventy million on him, but whatever. Um, I, I I can't foresee. Uh, Jao Felix coming back. No. And again, Jao Felix is a flawed player. 
there are flaws. Mm-hmm. Medweke, I like a lot. Got a ways to go, and he's had injury issues. And before he signed for Chelsea, he played, what, five nineties in his career. Uh, mm-hmm. Mudrik, talented, needs to adjust, has not shown enough. Pulisic, never gone. fit, not good enough, probably gone. Um, Ziyech, gone. Ziyech, not good enough, gone. Enzo, good player, needs a partner with some physicality. Conte, never fit. Batty gone. Shields, a great signing. Uh, Koulibaly, the 40 million, 32 years old, probably not good enough, maybe gone. Fofana, Wesley Fofana, huge fan, thought it was a great signing by them, still probably can be a great signing for them, never really fit. Um, Reese James, not always fit. Kukurea, awful. Chilwell, never fit and doesn't move me. Both goalkeepers, not good enough. Kovacic, solid player, but doesn't move the needle. Like, what are they doing? Raheem Sterling's older. I love Raheem Sterling. I think that he's really not older. He's 27, 28. But, like, I love Raheem Sterling. I think that he can make a difference for them. But, like, this squad is a mess. And, like, you say the talent's there uh, to win the Champions League. What? Who is the talent? A lot of those guys you just mentioned, they're they're arguably more talented than they were in the last time they won the Champions League. They're less Uh, balanced. They're definitely less balanced, and not having a physical presence in the midfield um, is an issue. And they couldn't Um, have hired a pragmatist like Tuchel because they sacked him. No, yeah, I I think that was an opinion I had beforehand. I think they should have... When choosing their next manager, they should have considered the, their Champions League run. Or when they were deciding to sack Potter, they should have considered that they were still in the Champions League and not uh, hire the actual worst manager in Premier League history, in Frank Lampard. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, don't, don't take this as saying I think they're going to go out to the Bernabeu and, and, and get a win. Um not it's certainly not anymore. I, th- I would have said with Potter they had a semblance of a chance because uh, they they do they did create under Potter. Um, they created a lot. They were hitting the post a lot. It was a, a weird phenomenon that you know. Well, it's it's, a, it's the it's the the Potter phenomenon because this happened at Brighton too. And I read something yeah. that the chances that his teams create. Wow good chances and rate rank high on XG are not the easiest chances for strikers to finish. A lot of cutbacks, a lot of headers, like a lot of finishes that have to be made in like congested space, which XG takes into account, but they're not the easiest chances. And I'm not really discrediting Potter that much. I think he's a good manager and would obviously take him at West Ham, but it's definitely a pattern at this point. It's it's, it's more than a pattern. Uh, maybe Ram, Mr. Ramalu Lukaku, could have helped out with that. But, like, he probably could have. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't have anyone that converts those half chances right now. And for him to not want to use a bummying, I think, is an indictment on a bummying. I mean, we saw him with Arsenal at the end. He's terrible, man. He's I, don't know what, I don't know what Tuchel was thinking when he brought He knows him. That. He knows him. So what if he knows? I cannot stand when managers do that. No, he knows him. Like, well, is he good? Exactly. 
Like, he went to Barcelona, didn't play at Barcelona. Treating Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang like he's Taj Gibson. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Shout out Taj Gibson. Yeah, I mean. He's got the hammering away podcast seal. Oh, absolutely. He's he's verified <laughs> on here. Um, But, like, yeah. like, yeah, I agree that they should have taken their Champions League hopes into account when hiring their new manager. But I just also see the quote-unquote benefits of hiring Lampard. But I think that the drawbacks are more because you could really embarrass yourself. You could really embarrass yourself with him at the helm. They're lucky they, that the team – they're lucky that everybody below 11th is so bad because they're only on 39 points with 10 games to go. And how many is Lampard really going to pick up? Are they going to finish with more than 50 that. points? Probably not. Like, they they I, just I got at Wolves. Yeah, but I don't know what their fixture list looks like, but even if it's semi-easy, it's a bunch of guys who don't know each other really playing in like their, under their third manager this season in a system that they don't really know. Does Frank Lampard even really have a system? Does he have a style of play? Like, they, he's, teams have never defended well. Um, you could like really embarrass yourself because these teams below them are going to be desperate. You want to hear who they got next? Who? Real Madrid, Brighton, Real Madrid, United, Brentford, Arsenal. That's not fun. Bournemouth, Bournemouth, Forest, and then Man City, Newcastle. That's the end of the season. That is not fun. Nightmare. That is a nightmare fixture list. They could like really, really. I mean, I've said it a million times. They could really embarrass themselves. Mr. Moyes is licking his chops looking at that looking at that. We, we got our eyes on Chelsea now. Forget the relegation battle. Eleventh place, here we come. I mean Crystal Palace got their eyes on Chelsea. There's six points above Palace. A week oh, ago, Jesus. Palace hadn't won a game since twenty twenty two. It's April. Yeah, I mean our form has been well um well spoken about. This is the first time you know, we've picked up six points in a week since like maybe twenty twenty one. And by the way, that Fulham team that we just like let them not like let them just have the ball and that let game, them try to score. They are they are above Fulham. Uh, they are above Chelsea on goal difference with a game in hand. Look at the Embarrassing and that Fulham team. I mean, that game could not have felt. More like a preseason friendly. I mean, they were missing their best player. Their manager was in the stands. Like, they just passed the ball around with really no intent or ideas on how to score. That you whole Riverside fun. stand, whatever they're doing over there, building it, it looks finished to me. I don't know what the deal is with that, but there's just no fans sitting there. Mm-hmm. We haven't played a game in the day versus Fulham since they've been in the league. Uh, at, at Craven Cottage and so on because our last two games at Craven Cottage have been uh, night games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what that you know what that felt like that that match. You ever you ever like hold something above your head and have like a, a small child try to like, like grab it. <laughs> That's a very yeah. And you just got Willian like at like you like shrunk Willian. He's like jumping up and down <laughs> trying to grab like the toy exactly. Like that's that's exactly I I think that sums up that performance perfectly, and, and that team is 
Burnley ahead of Chelsea. Yeah, and the last time we played them in the day was a preseason friendly that uh, Mr. Manu Lanzini scored in. Spectacular goal. But, yeah, I mean, that, there's just no intensity in that game. Um, They're hopeless and also above Chelsea. I want to say it again. <laughs> there are plenty of teams above Chelsea that look terrible. Are Villa – Villa are above Chelsea now, yeah. Villa are actually in sixth in the league. What? They've already picked up more points than I projected them to um, when we did our end. Oh, my God, dude. They're in six. <laughs> They've won four. I knew that they were in good form. Oh, my God. They've played the four games since we drew them. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess. We are the last team to take points off them in a while, in a really long time. Since they since they got rid of that uh, that number eighteen on West Ham, they have dropped very very little points. And uh, just for anybody who doesn't know, who is number eighteen on West Ham? Yeah, that would be uh, um, that would be our highest salary earner, uh, Mr. Danny Lings. And he played for Aston Villa when they were like twelfth or eleventh, and when they were like not that great, not picking up points. Best thing they ever did was give the keys to Ollie Watkins because that boy's. Lying. I mean, he's on fire right now. And I mean, it, he usually started over Ings, to be fair. But they're on fire. The worst thing I can imagine. The only thing worse than Newcastle in the Champions League would be Aston Villa in a European competition. We'll just have to knock them out next year. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll see them. They do Dude, can you imagine them. like a quarterfinal Villa-West Ham in the Europa League? <laughs> That's that's we need that so bad. The world football needs that. World football so does bad. need that. The only thing, like, if we won, it would be the like funniest, best thing ever. If we lost, I would not show my face in public for a long time. I might deactivate this whole hammering away nonsense. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to turn it into like villaining away. <laughs> but uh, yeah, sixth in the league, I was unaware. I mean, Brighton have two games on hand and are a point behind. Brighton are better than them. Sorry to break that. Oh, thing, yeah. oh well, Brighton are picking up uh, three points next week. Right. They have Chelsea. Yeah, they play Chelsea. So they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hopefully Villa finish like ninth. Damn, Brentford really not playing well recently. Yeah, they are. They're in a little bit of a free fall. I don't know why they 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 played well against Newcastle. I believe they outperformed them in XG. You know why? It's because they have thirteen draws this year. So odd. So weird. They, I mean, they've just been getting unlucky. I mean, they they could have easily beat United. They could have beat Brighton. Um, they could have beat Leicester for sure. Yeah, they've just been having a a rough run of it. I mean, I have Antonio still putting the ball in the net, which is all that really matters. Oh, for sure. Where do you think he's going to end up? Prison. <laughs> then you should go to prison too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing it legally, and I'm not a professional footballer, all right? That's fair. Um, But I think Chelsea should be all in on him. Who knows? Like, when does it end with them, though? They're... They're bringing in. It never ends. I like. I'm. I'm being serious. I don't think it ever. It doesn't end until they get a transfer ban. Which what? What is the league waiting for? They just had the highest um, 
if they're they're not going to qualify for European competitions and they're going to go out in the Champions League this round, they are in pretty serious trouble if they finish in the bottom half and like have nothing to look forward to next year and you're on the European stage, right? Like they're in genuine like financial fair play trouble. I think they might have one more summer of nonsense spending, but like. I don't they already have – how much is Nkuku coming in for? They already have $70 million. Million. Yeah. I'm on a lot um, tied up already. So and now what? The other thing that I don't understand, they like to say, we'll sell all the deadwood and we'll get like an like a influx of cash. Who's going to sign these players for the prices? Why they didn't sell Gallagher to Everton for $40 million is beyond me. Absolutely I think- beyond me. I think every club in Europe should just band together and not buy these shitters. Not don't tell them no. We don't want Pulisic, we we don't want Ziyech, we don't want Gallagher. You deal with that and just lay That's in the bed. The thing, dude, is like, who wants these players on these wages that they're going to ask for? I mean, I would be surprised if Everton went back in for Gallagher at forty million. I mean, if they go back in, I mean, maybe they will. Maybe that's Sean Dyche's thing. I doubt it. But there's going to be better options for them. And just like ZH is going to realistically bring in how much? 20 million max? 15. Like Pulisic, 30 max, absolute max. And you're already, you're making a 40 million loss on him. Like they should, He showed nothing at Chelsea besides that one spring. He, well, he, had, he had his bubble run. Mm-hmm. Like... I'm gonna look through their squad. Like, who wants these players? Like, Conte, Conte will get something. How much would Edward Mendy bring in? Fifteen million. Okay. Like, I don't know what the deal with Aspilicueta is. He'd probably be there for life. Like, Kukurea, I I have no idea what happens with him. They just spent sixty million on him. Yeah, they have to keep him. Uh, like. I guess Chalaba is a decent player, but they should honestly keep him around and try to get rid of Cool Bali. Um, Who's going to buy him? He's 33. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. And like Chalaba, you can probably get a decent fee for. Uh, these other, like Conte's never fit. You can't get a real fee for Conte. Gallagher's price is only going down. Like Zachariah is going to stick around. He has six Premier League appearances to his name. You know who's gonna be the sacrificial lamb before? Uh, they, they could sell Broja, but they just didn't. They just rejected thirty million from. They're not gonna be I thirty think, again. Yeah, I mean, he's had a season-ending injury, but I think the person that's gonna be the sacrificial lamb is Mason Mount. That's he's gonna leave on a free. Is his contract up? His contract is up. Oh boy, <laughs> I, they're, I, I, dude, they're in huge trouble. Like, like this, like does not get taught. Like, I mean, like people talk about like, oh, Chelsea are in huge trouble. Like, but people like to use the phrase "deep it." They do not deep how much trouble Chelsea are really in. They, I don't know. They're gonna have to pull something out of their ass with the academy. It's insane. Again, it's insane. And, they, and, they, they, and you know what they don't have in their academy right now? What is that? FA Youth Cup winners. No, they do not. They do not have a single FA Youth Cup this winner. It's not like last time. Well, they do have technically Chukwameka. Is a, oh, he is. FA. He is. But he's a first-team player. He is. Damn. Well, he's been bouncing up and down. He played against our academy. Chukwameka? 
Yeah. For sure. Chelsea? Yes. <laughs> I can tell you 21s. They spent $15 million on somebody to play for the under 21s. <laughs> I don't think he's the only one either. Was it 15? It was 15, right? Around that. Yeah, like I was going to say 25, but no. That would be crazy. <laughs> Let's talk about again. Um, I actually watched um, their last uh, match against Istanbul. Um, I wrote down a few notes. Uh, one player that obviously Orban, uh, who scored the hat trick, he came in in January and has just been lighting up yeah, the, no, the world on fire. He seems very scary. I do not want any part of him. Yeah, uh, I I think that we're much better than them. Like talent wise but Orban is one of those players who can change the game and like um, if we make a mistake exactly that's one thing that um they they scored two of their um their four goals um directly off of mistakes so we have to be perfect in the back oh, line Christ. or else they'll head so us out perfect. very quickly so that's another thing career better not be anywhere near that pitch oh no i i i think that and he's the first player on the bench for that match. And hey, you um, leave him in England for all I care. Mm-hmm. Um, another player that to highlight is uh, they have a, a left back uh, named Malik Fofana. He's 17, actually recently turned 18. Um, he's sometimes deployed as a winger, but in this match it was a back three with him as the left wing back. Uh, he's very good dribbler, very pacey. He had a few good cutbacks. Um, he had one of the assists, I believe. Um, I would, I would, I, I was when I was watching their game, I was like, he would be really good for us as like an Emerson replacement. So we um, definitely shouldn't play career. Definitely <laughs> that, not. That's no. two two indictments on him seeing the pitch, especially because Orban does drift to the left as well. <laughs> Three, and they they link up together really nice. Um, uh, Hong is a special player too. I've heard about Hong. He's like he's kind of reminds me of Fournals. Like he's like a, a attacker, but he drops deep and like does a really good job job on linking play and releasing Orban. Yes, yeah. um, that's that's how they scored um, their first goal was a, a Hong assist for a, for an Orban goal. Um, he he kind of like doesn't really have a position. He. He drifts to both sides and kind of greases the wheels, um, if you will. Um, yeah, he's a really good player. Um, and then Kuipers, I think, is their their other um, top goal scorer. He was their top goal scorer before Orban got there. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're talented. I think we're much better. Uh, yeah, we need to take care of business. I mean, it's really up to us. If, if, we, take, if we handle um, this the right way, um, we shouldn't have an issue. Yeah. But the problem is we have not been handling everything the right way um, this season. Uh, but we do have two legs to figure this out, and I think we will. So your team would be on Thursday? Um, Ariola, um, Kufal, um, Zuma. I'm going to put a glare in there, even yeah, though no, he's no, been no, yeah, play, play. making mistakes. I, I, I still trust him. Yeah, no, he. I think he'll come back in on Thursday, personally. 
Uh, I'm not going to match their back three. Uh, I think that yeah. worked against our favor in Frank against Frankfurt. Um, so we should make that mistake. Uh, Frankfurt. Who? Last season. Uh, you're right. That didn't we, happen. We never played Frankfurt. <laughs> Silly me. That's right. We did win the Europa League last year. Um, That's why we're in the Conference League. It's the new European competition that UEFA is letting all the winners play in. How could I forget Jared Bowen's miraculous overhead kick that sent this? He saved the- us, dude. That was huge. And Aaron Cresswell was great in the second leg in Germany, I thought. Um, going off that point, I actually would play Cresswell against uh, Ghent. Um, because you wouldn't because- play him against Arsenal on the weekend or just to keep him going? Because uh, I was impressed by his performance at Fulham. I think having a, another shore player um, on the ball Will help. Uh, will help our case against uh, Ghent, who like f- to force mistakes in their in the opposition's half. Yeah. Um, midfield, I'd go Lanzini, Rice, Paqueta. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Lanzini, Rice, Paqueta. I think that should just be it. We're gonna see a lot of the ball. I think that that's the way that we have to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Skamaka's not fit, right? No, 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 no. So. Give me Antonio, Cornet, and Bowen. Yeah. I wouldn't it's it's we're in the quarterfinal now. It's time to write the quarterfinal. Quarterfinal, yeah. It's time to put our best attackers out there. Um Ben Rama's a tough cut, but uh, I think uh it's time to give Cornet his uh I'd maybe play Ings. Instead of Antonio, fuck you. You know, no, but like, not because I think he's better, just because like you know, he's gonna like play Antonio on Sunday against Arsenal. They're playing both games. I don't really give a shit. But like, I don't know. I don't know. He he did only have sixty minutes on Sunday. So I mean, I bet Ings is hurt. Honestly, that's also true. We could. I mean. We might see Obama some on Thursday, considering Ings might be at Mings might be out. Antonio is set to play a lot of minutes in this week. It's, I mean, Obama, in my opinion, has done enough to be considered for these conference league games, at least like for to play like real life minutes that matter. I said this after Larnaca. I said it to you. Uh, I um. At this point, it's not even like Mubamba should play just because he's a youth player and he deserves the experience. At this point, he should play because he makes us better. He he has something that he can offer us, and because he's also the exact type of striker that Moyes loves, and that to be fair, I'm also a big fan of. I mean, I would like to see his length of play improve. He's also 18; it'll be fine. Um, but like, he will press and press and press, and he'll run and run and run. He runs the channels well. He's active in the box without the ball. You know, like, he drifts to the right, which is new for us, and honestly mm-hmm. could maybe help Bowen. Yeah, definitely. He's never really had a striker that likes to drift out to the right. I mean, Antonio drifts everywhere, but he prefers to drift to the left. Mm-hmm. And Bowen is so commonly, yeah. commonly uh, isolated out there on the right, so that would be perfect for him. Yeah. And another note that I made uh, after watching Ghent is that um, – they're pretty weak in the back. Uh, they they conceded like some free headers from um from set pieces, and generally, even though they kept a clean sheet in that game, Istanbul weren't 
lighting the world on fire by any means. Um, I think that Mubamba would give them hell, given the chance. Yeah. Which also probably means Antonio. I mean, Antonio's a handful for any team in Europe. A lot of these teams have not mm. seen anything like him. I mean, he it's gave, pretty, uh, it's pretty he gave Gank last year. Did he play against Gank in either of those games? Um, no, I think yes. I'm thinking. No, he didn't play at home. And I don't think he played in Belgium. Oh, well. Either way. What was your Regardless. My point is that teams in Europe don't like seeing him. They don't know what the hell to do with him. They have no idea how to deal with him, especially in the top five leagues. I think maybe in Belgium they've seen more uh, mm-hmm. physical strikers. I mean, you've had Rom come up through there. Onowatri used to play there. But, like, still, he's a handful. Fire questions each to end this off. First one for you: Are we going to win another game away from home this season? I think our best chance to do it might just be on the final day against Leicester. Bournemouth at the Vitality is a very, very tricky place to go. Um, not to say that a win is out of the question. We like Selhurst. We do, and, and that is always a chaotic fixture. As is Bournemouth at the Vitality, but that one mm-hmm. never works out for us. No, Crystal, uh, Crystal Palace at Selhurst is chaotic good. Vitality, Bournemouth at the Vitality is chaotic bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Pal- I'm looking at Palace and Leicester as the, as the two games we can possibly get points out of. And obviously the Leicester game depends on uh, how strong we go and it depends on – if we actually need points from that game, so hopefully we don't. So, are we gonna are we gonna win one of them? Yes. Yeah. Mubama hat trick at the King Power. <laughs> I will. I will love it. Um. Okay, so relating to the U eighteen squad, not Mubama, not Scarls. Name one player who you think will um, start in the Premier League for West Ham in their careers. If you had to pick one. If I had to pick one. Kalen Casey. Just because the I'll give you the reasoning I'm going with him. I want to say earthy really badly, but I think that that position is always going to be so crowded and it'll be mm-hmm. difficult. I want to say Reagan Clayton is another one who I think could. Um, and I also wanted to say Lewis Orford, but I think it'll be difficult to get in. The reason I'm going with Kalen Casey is because Kevin Keane, I was reading him talking highly of him and really acting like he was going to make it. And with the way our center back situation are, is are the way the center back situation is, I think that opportunities could open up because Carrera is not going to be around forever. Zuma loves an injury. And Nogbon is going to retire. And like yes, yeah, nine mean, center backs and things can change, but like he might just get his chance. For so long, the center back situation has just been a revolving door, and the, the most likely chance uh, seems to be that center back, if if not striker. But obviously, I told I said Mubamba was not uh, considered. But I'm just gonna say George Earthy because that's my guy. I believe in the kid. 
Shout out George Earthy, man. We shout out, shout out, Louis Orford. Shout out, Mark Orford, Orford for uh, following me. <laughs> you think he listens to these podcasts? No way. I hope so. Mark Orford, if you're listening to this podcast at the hour twenty mark, uh, God bless you and your son, and I wish you both the best. You crazy for that? <laughs> okay. So my next question is. Will the bottom three change between now and the final day? It is currently Southampton, Forest, and Leicester. Yes. Yes, it will. I just don't see that. I just don't see Leicester going down. I think they're in huge trouble, dude. They're in huge trouble. One one point out of their last five. Man, it's Leicester. They just won the FA Cup two years ago. They're in huge trouble. And that their manager, their new manager, their interim, has not been doing them any favors. Scored I one goal think, in 180 I think, minutes. I really think they might be down. It is against logic to say that they're staying up, but yeah. I'm going to say it. Yeah. Okay. And I think that Everton replaced them. They just don't have the talent. Uh, at what position will we spend the most money on? Over the summer? Center? Yeah. Center back. Fair. I, I probably agree with that. Piggybacking that, how many players are we going to sign? Um, I think we'll sign a center back. I think we'll sign two fullbacks. Or at least, goddamn, we should. Um, and I think we will sign a two rice replacements in the midfield. No winger. If we get to him, we'll see. Uh, it, it depends on who the outgoing is. depends on who the manager is. Goalkeeper. Maybe maybe a depth goalkeeper. It'll be Ariel next year, whether you like it or not. I, I like it, man. I like it too, but some people don't. But it will be. You got one more for me? Uh, do I have one more for you? Um Hmm. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> no, but yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We're just going to end it there. People not coming prepared with their homework. Although I've never once prepared a question for this. I usually come up with them off the top of my head. And I feel like two, two weeks is good. Two is fine. Um, but yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I might leave that little pause in there of just no idea what this guy had for a third question. Uh, but yeah, we will see you next week. Um, you can find us on at hammering underscore away on Twitter, hammering dash away.com. You can go to our WordPress blog, read our articles. Um, thank you guys for 200 followers that happened today. Page is growing quickly. It's only been three weeks. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but yeah, and you can find me at J V C K Z I N I on Twitter find joe at at 72 naif bull star um dm him and ask him what that means if you're curious and yeah see you guys next week thank you for listening and one final note uh alex alex crawl scored on goal today goodbye <laughs> goodbye alex crawl oh 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 i i just wanna ride in a ray ay. Shorty, let me paint all in her face, ayy Your body, my need a diamond ring
And my blood, now we live for straight Got for your girls, get through the dust Cause you niggas ain't not working on yes Really so cool, cause you cool with yes. me Stop talking to my shoulders, stop talking to my team I hit you in the morning, right now I'm with the beast This Henny got me yawning, I think it down to sleep This Henny got me yawning, I think it down to sleep 95, you gonna ride, you better slide Hop on the whip, better step on my side Cause it's how it vibes, your wave wash my wave tie Don't trip, now you might slip slide Cause I drip sauce and I drip fly And I lean back when I whip ride